0: Have you ever tried to lose weight, either because you thought it's something you needed to do, or because you thought it would help you look better, or just to improve your running? If so, you're in really good company. I have the weight conversation with a lot of people who I coach, both in person and online, because weight is a topic that we discuss a lot in our society, whether we need be or not. And like most things, people put way too much pressure on it. And as a result, there's a lot of nonsense and lies and just misinformation about weight and how it affects your running. So that's why I decided to make this episode. I wanted to make an episode that covered, to the best of my knowledge at this moment, the truth about weight and running. Because if we're being honest, it does affect your running it probably affects it a lot less than you might think and there are other things that come along with your weight that affect it a lot more so if you've been wondering whether losing a couple pounds might help you run a little faster or do better in your next race you should probably listen to this episode it is made exactly specifically for you so thank you so much if you like this podcast please rate or subscribe or share it with somebody i make it so that more good free information can be out there in the world so the more people you share it with the better it is so thank you so much let's get into it and talk about weight and running welcome to the eat well sleep great run far podcast my name is Will Franz and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. So let's talk about weight today. And I'm going to be as honest as I can be as of today, which is in late February 2023. I'm certain I'll miss something, especially if someone listens to this like a couple of years down the line but I'm also going to try to avoid as many like half-truths as I really can. So if I miss something, like please call it out in the comments or like shoot me a message and I'm happy to like put an addendum on there. The reason I bring that up is like there's going to be a good amount of like seemingly contradictory tidbits in here because weight and running is like a complicated marriage and as a whole it should stand together But if you take like a 30-second clip in two minutes and a 30-second clip in 10 minutes, then they might not support each other very well. But I hate the lying on the internet or the half-truths or just the misinformation. So I find it exhausting, and the amount of nonsense that people spout in regards to weight for no other reason than to make money is gross, and the amount of, like, misinformation just due to, like, very well-meaning ignorance is tiring. So I'm going to give you the breakdown that I wish someone had given me earlier in my life. Some of it will apply to the fat teenager who felt really gross in my body because if someone were honest with me when I was younger, maybe I wouldn't feel that way now when I look in the mirror. Some of it will apply to like the mid-20s athlete who was always getting injured because if somebody were honest with me then, maybe I could have avoided some of the aches and pains I deal with every day. And some of it is going to apply to myself now, a person in his 30s focused on performance in a new sport, but who also has like a wide array of other stuff and priorities going on, as I'm sure you, whoever you are watching and listening to this do as well. So in the end, I just want to have an honest conversation about weight because weight does play a role in running, but it's likely less than you think. And here is why. This whole thing, like, came about because I have had the weight conversation with a lot of people in the past week, and some of that's been in person, some of it's been on the phone. Um, but no matter what, that is actually how it lives in my head. The weight conversation, in quotes, because it is always the same. That I want to lose weight. Almost nobody tells me they want to gain weight, and I ask them why, and. They say that I think it'll make me better at X. Here would be running, but it's also often other things. Or I think it'll make me healthier, or I just want to have more energy, or what have you, right? And this is usually when I ask the question that I'm going to ask you right now. What if the scale number doesn't change, but you increase your performance and lose some body fat? And there's usually an immediate reaction that tells me a lot. Sometimes I see eyes light up, like, that's possible. And most of the time, um, there's like a twitch or a heavy short pause or kind of an exasperated look saying, sure. And the response is almost always, that would be fine. Like, the actual number doesn't matter to me. But the immediate reaction says something different. Because while most of us say that the number doesn't matter. It does, whether it should or not. And it really shouldn't matter almost ever. But as someone who's gone through my own issues with the scale, like, I'd be first to say that the number does matter to me. Not directly, I can talk myself down from it. I didn't used to be able to do that. But like there isn't an immediate reaction to whatever that number is. Right? And I am in a weight loss effort at the moment, um, because in order to train for a 50 miler as quickly as I did last year, I made some choices and they were like, I chose between some options under fuel and get injured. Didn't like that choice. Be very diligent about what I ate while fueling enough to help manage my fat gain. Right. So make sure that I fuel enough to train, but be very diligent about what I ate to make sure that I didn't gain any extra weight. That is very time-consuming. Or guarantee that I fuel enough by eating a bit too much and be okay with gaining some body fat. And I chose option three, because with everything that went on last year, between moving and breakups and two new jobs and all sorts of whatever, my weight didn't make like my top 10 list of priorities, probably not even my top 20. So it just wasn't the thing that I was going to that much effort into maintaining, right? I was stressed, I was training others, I was training myself, like, it just wasn't realistic, especially since my living situation for most of my training cycle involved one kitchen shared between four dudes, one of whom was always there, so I gained some body fat as a result of that choice. I also gained some weight. Let's be honest, it messed with me almost every day. Like, every time I looked in the mirror, every time I looked down without a shirt on, every time I stepped on a scale. And it's been a struggle for me to allow myself to get bigger. It was a struggle even when I knew most of it was muscle in the past. Like it was more of a struggle, it was more of a struggle though when I know like a good amount of it was fat. But I set my priorities and I did the thing. And all of that said, like weight just doesn't matter very much in the grand scheme of things. Now if we're talking like 30, 50, 100 pounds, sure. As someone who lost 50 at one point, at the very least, I can say I felt better when I lost that, but I can also say that I'm, I'm better now than I was at my lightest, and let's talk, like, numbers. Just before I turned 21, I weighed 205 pounds. In the next, like, six-ish months, I lost 50, ended up somewhere in the 150 to 155 range and it was it was too fast it messed up my metabolism it led to injuries created a terrible relationship food with food but like that's neither here nor there that is a different conversation i'm happy to have it at a different time but i got down to like 150 155 and right now i'm probably 180 in fact here hold on great 186.5 so i am over 30 pounds heavier than what i was at my leanest But due to proper training and sufficient fueling, I'm stronger and faster than I was then. Now, does that mean that weight has no effect on performance? Not at all. Like, I want to be very honest. If you lose weight appropriately, like, far enough away from your race so it doesn't impact your training, and in a manner that, like, doesn't cause muscle damage, like, you could see a performance increase. Your muscles have to do less to move less weight. Just like squatting 155 pounds is easier than squatting 154 pounds, or box jumping from like a 22 inch box is easier than jumping to a 23 inch box, running slightly lighter is technically easier for your muscles. There is also, like, there's a reason that the standard measurement for VO2 max is actually measured relative to body weight, but and this is a big but. If you go like perusing around the internet, you might find like insane stats. Like when we look at weight, like losing ten pounds could take almost ten minutes off your marathon time, and that is insane. Like it shows what you, what happens when you try to treat the human body as nothing more than like a calculation. It is not going to happen. Two big things. One, if you lose weight. And if you lose, like, 10 pounds, and none of those 10 pounds are leg muscle, (laughs) then we might see, like, a big improvement. Your weight-to-power ratio is what really matters. With running, you're primarily using your legs. Now, with trail running, this becomes even more complicated, especially if you're using poles or carrying a big pack. So you might need even more upper body muscle mass. But if you lose all of the mass and none of it's from your legs, you might see more improvement. But imagine you keep all of your body fat and lose 10 pounds all from your legs or quads or glutes. You will not run better, so clearly it's not necessarily the weight in and of itself that is going to make the difference. When you lose weight, you lose some fat and some muscle, always, especially if you're not on steroids. And if you do a well-directed like, weight cut, you can maintain a lot of the muscle mass, but you will lose some. And if you just focus on trying to get the scale to go down, you're almost certainly going to lose a higher percentage of muscle mass. So treating weight as an end goal is going to be a fool's errand for your performance. There are too many variables and with what that weight is even made of, right? So this is one thing that we need to recognize. The other issue is if you're going to lose weight and try to improve your performance, you cannot. put yourself in such a big caloric deficit that you impair your training. If you're in an aggressive cut, you will not perform as well. Talk to any bodybuilder near the end. They do not lift as heavy when they're about to get on stage as they do when they're in their like strength section. It just doesn't happen. So, you are shooting yourself in the foot in terms of power production. Your speed work will not go well. So, weight loss can pair fine, like a base building or endurance phase, minor weight loss can pair, okay, with some of the later phases of training, but you're on a thinner, like, more dangerous margin. And I do use the word dangerous intentionally. Like, we'll talk about that in a second. But saying you'll lose something like a minute per pound of body weight is absolutely nuts. And that is just trying to treat the body like a math equation. Look up, like... If we need a visual for this, look up Christian Bale in The Machinist. For those of you who don't know, he got down to like skin and bones. He lost over 60 pounds. And I guarantee that if he had run a marathon before that cut and then a marathon after, he wouldn't have dropped an hour off his theoretical marathon time. He was emaciated. He had no energy. He lost a ton of muscle mass. So it is not only the weight that is going to lead to your race performance and losing a couple pounds which is what i often hear like i'd like to lose a couple pounds to improve my race performance it's probably going to do almost nothing you're better off putting the effort into getting faster right so i've also like heard a lot of statistics so let's go the other way here for a lot of statistics that like of how much stress running puts on your body. It's like losing weight anywhere that's not your leg muscles might make running a little easier on your joints and your tendons. Like I've heard things like seven times your body weight like goes through your Achilles. I've also heard like the weight of an elephant, heard not like unless you weigh three hundred pounds, then those two numbers are not the same. But Whatever. Point is, it's a lot. You put a lot of weight through your Achilles and through your foot and through your entire connective tissue and your entire chain when you run with every footstep. So, if you were a little lighter, it can help keep those tendons maybe a little safer. For myself, like, I've learned currently that if I get a little... that if I get over, like, 180, 185... I'm a little more tender in the joints, especially if I'm training heavily. And that is largely true for me because I've damaged a lot of my joints, both knees ankle, like a shoulder, some things about my feet. Like I, my body is not what you might call like factory default settings anymore. It has major tweaks. So extra weight causes some struggles for me. And if I didn't have a moderate history of injury, I could probably get away with being my current size or maybe even a little bigger and have no problems at all while running. I'm not that big for my height, but something like my BMI would say I'm obese or really close to it. Um, Last I checked, let me see, yeah, so I'm, like, very close to obese currently. Now... If I take that weight from earlier, like at 186 at 5'7", I think I'm like 29 and a half. Now, I would have to lose 30 to 35 pounds to be normal weight, like even to get in the ballpark of what we consider normal. That would be, put me around 0% body fat. So that is, again, insane. So while a lot of our standard metrics don't make any sense, it doesn't mean that weight doesn't affect how your tendons and everything react to your running. So and especially if you have some Mm. previous issues or damage, then we need to find a balance of that that works for you. I know plenty of people who be heavier than me but don't have all the tendon and ligament damage that I have and do perfectly fine. It's very much a like what works for you and why (laughs) and what you've done to yourself in the past. So. All that aside, like, that should, should give us a decent baseline of everything really needed to know on both ends, but like, why do we end up in this issue? Yes, clearly weight makes an effort in running, but there's been a huge pushback against even talking about it. And that is because of RED-S, or um, Relative Energy Deficiency in Sport, also often called overtraining syndrome. slightly different used to be called the female athlete triad which earlier before we started seeing this happening to a lot of men as well and it's basically an indicator that you are not eating enough to support your training volume and it was called the female athlete triad because there were three indicators and they're all indicators of hormonal dysfunction and injury and like a loss of bone mass so you're putting yourself at risk for osteoporosis or osteopenia, um, and we're also, like, as a female you're going to become amenorrheic, if you're a male you're going to, like, drop your testosterone a lot, we're going to struggle, right, so this is what red S is, and it's really dangerous, it can cause a lot of problems, Um, there is a popular line that you might hear that there's no such thing as overtraining, there's only under-recovery, it's not true, (laughs) Like, it depends on the person, but no amount of recovery in the world would allow me to run 300 miles per week. Um, Walk, maybe, but not run. Like, there is a threshold from which your body just is not going to recover, but it is rare that people are trying to train that much. It is much more likely that you just aren't recovering enough. Like, when I did my little mini camp when I was testing that last year, I did 50 miles in three days. That was a lot for me. Um and recover from it just fine. So if you dedicate a lot of time to recovery, you can increase your training past what you otherwise might. So the biggest factor here tends to be food. Yes, we also have sleep and mobility work and all sorts of things, but food is the big one because when you train, you tear your muscles apart and you need to give your body the substrate to put them back together. So if we're not eating enough, then you will f- fall apart. You'll see a big drop in hormones because your body just isn't going to prioritize what it views to be the smaller stuff. It wants to keep you alive. If you die due to being not not eating enough food, then it doesn't matter how good your hormones are. Um, you can't do anything else. So your body will down-regulate everything to keep you alive long enough to get out of the famine or starvation that you're currently experiencing. So, if you're giving your body the famine or starvation signal, then everything's gonna downregulate. Now, if you keep trying to perform under those instances, you're gonna see your performance drop, you will likely get fairly injured. And this could be multi-year-long recovery process. and. There are many professionals who are coming out now talking about how they got too focused on weight and it caused them issues. Everyone from, like, high-level half-marathoners to Amelia Boone to all men, women, like, we're seeing a big issue with Red S due to years of putting too much stress on weight and not enough stress on everything else. Yes, weight matters. It is not the be-all end-all, and if we focus on it too much, you are guaranteed to get hurt. If you're a professional, it will ruin your career um, for a while, if not permanently. If you are not a professional, it might just lead you to not be able to run for a very long time. So this is why there are so many coaches who don't even want to broach the weight topic, don't want to talk about it, because we've all seen way too much of this shit and it's harmful, and a lot of us are tired of it. But saying weight doesn't matter can just lead someone to think, if I weighed 400 pounds, of course I would be a worse runner, so of course weight matters, so they must be lying to me. And I do not think that like leading into that is helpful because then I'm worried that someone's gonna try to get their information from someone who has no idea about Red S, because they don't train athletes and they're just a weight loss coach, or they have no problem with putting you into Red S, because you purchase their program and they're done with you, right? So I would much rather give you the information from both sides so that you know the choice you're making. I always feel it is better to be honest, because you should know why it's an issue, right? So in addition to all the other above, there, aside from like the running performance, there might be other reasons you don't wanna lose weight. One of them is appearance or aesthetics, like some people like the more muscular look, some people like the less muscular look. Nick Baer showed last year that with proper training, you can be a big muscular person and still perform well when it comes to running. Sally McRae shows that as a female. She is not built like the traditional runner. She talks about this herself. She has bigger legs, bigger upper body, she trains strength quite a bit, and yet she crushes it out there we if you missed the interview with jeremy smith and jeff fulmer the Putts guys um Mm. palisade's ultra trail series you should go listen to that but he was also saying the same thing he's a bigger guy and he's run incredibly fast like sub three hour marathons if you like the more muscular look or you're bigger that is reason enough to keep your muscle mass and you can still perform well if you want to as a runner so The other reason is just longevity and health as you age. To steal a phrase from Peter Attia, no 90-year-old has ever said, I wish I had less muscle mass. It just has never happened. When you're 70, 80, 90, you're going to want to play on the floor with your grandkids, take care of yourself, be able to take the groceries in, like climb the stairs to your house, whatever. And if you don't have enough muscle mass to do that, you won't be able to do that. And it is much easier to build muscle when you're younger and hold on to it than it is to try and build it when you're older. And while running matters to me now, I expect, and I expect it's going to be like a part of my life for years to come because it has given me a way to explore like my precious mountains. I'm not a professional runner. So being 10 minutes faster or 10 minutes slower doesn't have any like real effect on my life. But losing muscle mass and like struggling when I'm older is a big thing that I'm trying to avoid. So maintaining what I have, or maybe even building a little more, because there will be atrophy as I get older, is a big thing to consider. Right? So if you are not like making your paycheck for some reason or you don't like want to look much thinner, then Maybe that muscle mass you've built is something to hold on to. And finally, just issues with weight in, in general. And this goes away from running and more towards my day job, but it is a conversation I tend to have regularly. Um, we get very focused on the number at any one given time. I will easily shift five pounds of weight throughout a given day between food and fluids and bathroom trips. Like, I bet, was I 187-ish? Yeah, so I bet I was anywhere from, like, 183 to 190 today. Part of that is because I'm terrible at hydration. Um, part of that is, like, the way I eat. But I also just, like, cycle a lot. I have a big shifts in weight. And... My boss is a bigger dude than me, and his shifts are even bigger. So you will see big swings. Further, if you're employing something, like let's put this to running, if you're employing something like carbohydrate loading during your taper, then you're probably going to gain a couple pounds, and it's going to come from storing water in your cells, in your muscles. You will go into the race better hydrated. You will go into the race more topped off on glycogen, so you're better fueled. And yet you will be heavier, but you will put that weight to use. So yet another sh- display that the number itself is not inherently valuable. It is just what we're trying to get from it. If I'm eating more carbs, I might be one to three pounds heavier. It doesn't mean I'm fatter. It could actually increase my performance, and it could actually increase my appearance if we're going to talk about those things too, because my muscles will look fuller. So. Stuff like this is why I struggle with those. They're called bioimpedance scans, but the things where you touch those little electrodes or pads and it scans your body fat. If we look at something like an InBody or an E-VOlt or a BodPod, you will see smallish body fat shifts like day to day. It'll tell me one day that I've lost 2%. Next day it'll tell me I've gained 2%. There's no way that I've lost three pounds of, three and a half pounds of fat in a day and then regained it the next day. It's because these machines have a pretty decent margin of error. Anybody putting you through them probably isn't going to tell you that unless they're me or very few other people, but they have a pretty decent margin of error. And if you use them multiple times a week, or even weekly, you might start to see a trend line that can be valuable, because they're not completely inaccurate. But I have one in the office, so I step on it every couple days. But if you don't have that access to it and you're trying to use this monthly, it is worse than useless. So, the first time I stepped on one of these, like, fancier versions of these things, it's called an eVolt, and (laughs) I, uh, The weekend prior, I had been at a conference. I'd been staying with a friend that I had not seen in quite a while. We um, drank way too much whiskey, stayed up until like three-ish every night. I got zero sleep. I ate very little at the conference. Um, Mm -hmm. We, like everything, oh yeah, drove 12 hours each way. So everything I could do that is going to be not necessarily great for my health, right, is what I did that weekend, Um, short of drugs because I don't really partake in drugs. So we had, I come back, I step on this thing to learn how to use it for my job, and it puts me at like 30-something percent body fat. And I was like, sure, that makes sense because it's largely based on like hydration and other things. I came back two weeks later at 17. There's no way that I lost 13% body fat in two weeks. It is that I had acted like an asshole and then gotten an assessment and then I'd gone back to my normal life of training and eating well and gotten a much more realistic estimate. I think the estimate was probably a little low on the second one. That said, like we're seeing where we were. right? And this is kind of what I see as I test it pretty regularly now to get used to these systems. I've seen a slow drop off, but it looks like this not linear. So a lot of these things are often used to sell you something. Um, I even know a lot of supplement shops will use them to sell you supplements now. And uh, I'm not a fan because I don't think they actually give you a direct measurement of anything. And unless you go in there and use it pretty regularly, it probably has no idea what you need. It uh, probably has no idea anyway, but especially does it definitely doesn't know off of like a single assessment, right? So that's kind of it um, that I have on weight. I'm sure I'm missing something. I find it to be a very complicated topic that I don't particularly enjoy discussing, but it comes up fairly regularly in my job. We're about a half an hour in. If you have any questions on it, please post them, and I'm happy to answer it either by recording a little addendum or just popping it in the comments. But weight matters, probably not as much as you think. If you are looking to lose weight or lose body fat, great. Um, Pair that with your training in a way that isn't going to get you hurt. And if we're going to look to do that, we should listen to Lane Norton here. He's one of the world's, like, top nutrition coaches, researchers. All, he's an all-natural bodybuilder who's gotten down to, like, 2 to 3% body fat. He is a champion powerlifter. Like, if we're going to listen to somebody, this is the kind of person to listen to about weight management. And if you want to lose weight, you will have to restrict something. You cannot continue to do what you're doing and then continue to, like, see the changes you're looking to see. You should... Pick something that is easiest for you and that you with which you can be like the most consistent because that's what's going to matter. For some people, that is tracking calories. For some people, it is keto. For some people, it is cooking your own food so you don't end up with like really hyper-palatable stuff. Um, for some, it is like reducing fat and eating a higher carb diet. Um, for some, it's a combination of all of them. I keep an eye on my calories when I'm in a cut. I don't when I'm not, um, and then I know for a fact, if I cook pretty much all of my own food, I will do much better (laughs) at goals here because if I go out and eat, like if I go out to, um, one of my favorite spots here and have a pizza and a beer, that is about 2,500 calories and I could do that about three times throughout the day and have no problem. Whereas if I cook my own food and make it from, like, a package of stir-fry vegetables that I get from Costco and then some meat and then quinoa and rice, I could fill an entire trough with that and barely get to 2,500 calories, and I will struggle to finish that throughout an afternoon. So it is much easier for me if I cook my own stuff rather than having to be quite so disciplined. We can also use something like intermittent fasting... I don't necessarily recommend it from a health perspective but if we're solely focused on weight loss it's a way to restrict calories right so i'm happy to have any of that chat with you this entire thing was not intended to be a how to lose weight manual method thing it was a does it even matter and why so if y'all want to know more about the how we can do that a different time but for now that is all i have on Weight is a general topic. I hope it was helpful. I will be back with one of the another one of these soon. Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian, and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information... Please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition Group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.